Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also get after our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great articles, videos, podcasts, interviews, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Lots of fun things to get into today as we're going to discuss a few of the topics that were talked about on my Morning Rush show. And if you got to listen to that show, well, guess what? We're going to talk a little bit more about it because I have more to say about it. We'll also get into some SEC basketball going on tonight, some SEC basketball fever, as it was once called. And, of course, we'll get into some nonsense to close out shop there in the final segment of the podcast. But I want to start with the discussion that we had on the Morning Rush this morning in dealing with Chad Morris and the Arkansas Razorback football program. Now, it's a very simple question when you really just look at it from the surface of what is Chad Morris's ceiling at Arkansas? Because whatever Chad Morris's ceiling is at Arkansas is also Arkansas ceiling itself. And what I mean by that is that it seems like that there is a cap that people put on the success that you can have at Arkansas, even if Chad Morris is there or not. Whatever coach comes in, there is a limitation to their success. That's what people see it as. That's what people think there is. But yet, if you look at every other sport in the Razorback Athletic Department, every other sport, basketball, baseball, softball, women's basketball, track, golf, whatever it is, You look at those programs and you say, you know, with the right coach, they could contend for national championships very often. They could contend for national championships on the regular. I mean, baseball's doing it right now. Track's doing it right now. You've seen basketball do it in the setup that they have. Women's basketball, I think, under Mike Neighbors will be there very soon. Seen the golf teams do really well. You know, you've seen it happen. And when I'm talking about competing for national championship, I'm not saying that they have to win one and then after win multiple ones. When I'm saying competing for national championship, I'm saying that they are going out and they are at least in the conversation of a national championship year in and year out. They're at least that type of program to where no matter what year it is, no matter what's been going on the previous year, they're always going to be in the mix. Every other program you feel that way about. But it seems like football, you don't feel that way about it. For at least most fans. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that you are so bad right now. You had a two-win season. Two wins. Could be wrong, but that's not really making anybody get ultra excited about the possibilities. Okay? So, can't really take that into consideration. But I'm talking about just the program in general. If Chad Morris, say, say, or just even throw out Nick Saban, Nick Saban, could Nick Saban come into Arkansas and mimic the exact same success that he had at Alabama? And if your interest is no, is no, then why? Why can't he? Because you feel that there is a limit of success that he can have. There's a limit that is put a cap that is put on Arkansas in the success that they can have. And I think that's false. Call me a homer, call me biased, but I think it's false. 
Because I think at any school, at any point in time, the right man or woman for the job can take you to next level heights and get you to be a nationally competitive team because they're a great coach. And more often than not, that's all it takes is just being a great coach. Look at some of these schools around the country, in college football especially, that has been able to compete at national championship levels because of the coach they had. Not because of the school, but because of the coach. Is Urban Meyer at Ohio State, or was Urban Meyer, I should say, at Ohio State, was he winning championships and competing for him because it was Ohio State or because he was Urban Meyer? Or Nick Saban at Alabama? What about somebody like Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, who's competing for him right now? Is it because of Oklahoma or is it because of Lincoln Riley? I think the answer is clear. It's about the coach. And it's always about the coach. And the right coach can make all the difference. And that's why I feel like there's no limitations to what a place like Arkansas can be. I think there are limitations to what other schools can do. Like, for instance, Vanderbilt. Not to hate on Vanderbilt. But I think that they're not a program that can be set up for support-wise, finance-wise, the way that the academia is set up there. I don't see them as a program that can be a perennial powerhouse in college football. I just don't. But a place like Arkansas, what, I mean, really, what is it? What is the reason, the realistic, logical reason to why Arkansas can't be that team? I guarantee you in your mind, you're saying, well, recruiting. In-state recruiting, to be exact. Because they don't have top-tier, high-talent players coming out year in and year out like they do at other states. And you know what? That reason right there, I'll at least give you. I'll agree with you and say, you know, that is a problem. That is something that could hold them back. But when you really get into it and if you have the right coach in place, that's not going to matter. If you have a great coach in place, that's not going to matter because a great coach will be able to go outside of the state. He'll be able to go outside of the state and get premier players. Go into Texas, go into Louisiana, go into Oklahoma, go into Missouri, go into Mississippi, go into Tennessee, all the surrounding states, and get big-time players. That's what great coaches do. I don't see the lack of high-end talent year in and year out in the state of Arkansas as big of a problem as what some people do, though. Some people feel like if, they, if you don't have a bunch of Jarius Wrights and Joe Adams and Tyler Wilson's coming out of the woodwork, then you know what? Arkansas is destined to just be a 7-8 win team. That's bull crap. Now you have to have that help. You have to have help from a lot of other reasons, a lot of different resources. I mean, you even think back to Houston Nuttingham, some of his greatest seasons. Darren McFadden and Felix Jones. One was from Arkansas, one wasn't. You know, you had guys that were from other parts that were really big additions to those teams. Guys like a Chris Houston. He wasn't an Arkansas kid, but he was pivotal on that team. You had a nice mixture of everything. And the same thing goes with the other side of it. Where if you look at like the years Matt Jones was really good. Yeah, Matt Jones is from Arkansas. But you also had a guy like Fred Talley. That was really good. 
You had offensive linemen across the board. Like a Jason Peters, that was really good. You got to have the balance. You got to have the mix. And I think that there is enough, just enough talent in this state to be able to compliment you if you go out and get the rest of them and the rest of the high talent players from outside the state. There's just enough. I don't see that as an excuse. Because you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. You can't say one side over here is, well, Arkansas should never accept mediocrity. But on the other side, say, well, Arkansas is never going to be a team that's really going to compete for a national championship realistically because of X, Y, and Z. You can't have it both ways. I like to be consistent. And my consistent argument is that Arkansas is a place that can compete at a national championship level with the right coach. And I also believe that you as fans should never, ever accept mediocrity in any form or fashion, in any place, at any time. That's not what you need to do. Because the second you do that is the second you stop having passion. You stop getting fired up. You stop being a fan. Fans are great. Fans are crazy, but fans are great. And I don't buy the argument that Arkansas can't be a national championship caliber program. Now, do I think they're going to be right now? No. Maybe Chad Morris is the guy. Maybe. Just maybe. He's doing the things that you have to do, like recruiting really well and getting high caliber talent to come into the state Even though they're not in-state, he got a couple in-state guys, but a lot of them's coming outside the state, so he's at least doing that. So I'm not saying that 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 Arkansas is going to be, or they deserve to be there. they got to go out and earn it and all of that. But my point is is that at most programs, because you could use the same example for any other program besides Arkansas, for most programs, if you just have a great coach in place, the rest of it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. I mean, were they a perennially great program before that? I won national championship in 81, but they weren't the best program of all time. Alabama was actually pretty bad before Nick Saban arrived. Now, I know you're talking about going back to Gene Stallings and all that, but for about a decade or so, they were pretty average. On occasion, above average. LSU was not really any good until Nick Saban arrived there, elevated, and then Les Miles took over programs when they get the right coach in place that's what elevates them and nothing else not your location not your recruiting grounds in your state not your academics not your city nothing nothing gets you victories except having a great coach frank rolls won hall of famer nolan richardson won hall of famer dave van horn won hall of famer Amazing, right? And you know what's the craziest thing about those first two guys with Frank Burles and Nolan Richardson? (laughs) They weren't Arkansas guys. They became Arkansas guys. Some food for thought there. Don't accept mediocrity. And also know that you're a program that can be set up for greatness. Just about having the right person in place. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 
All right, moving into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I got to talk about this weird story, man. Now, Kansas football isn't exactly something that's on the radar for this podcast very often. I'm just being honest. I probably will never mention Kansas again unless they have some major upset or anything like that. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because it does have something to do with former athletic director Jeff Long. And the story goes as follows. Former Kansas football coach David Beatty, who was fired, and uh, they replaced him with Les Miles, for those of you who didn't know, he is suing the university's athletic department in federal court claiming the Jayhawks officials launched an NCAA inquiry to avoid paying him a $3 million buyout he is owed for the final three years of his contract. Because apparently back on November 24th when Jeff Long fired Beatty, he was fired without cause, and then the school owed him $3 million left on the three-year contract. But in a private meeting following Beatty's dismissal, according to this lawsuit, Kansas officials, quote, unabashedly raised the, quote, need to find something on Coach Beatty, such as finding a, quote, dead hooker in his closet. Wow. Despite the clarity of the contractual language of the nature of Coach Beatty's termination without cause, Kansas athletic officials began seeking avenues to which they could forego the money owed to Coach Beatty or otherwise secure leverage by which it might negotiate a lesser amount. According to the lawsuit, Kansas officials notified the NCAA about alleged misconduct of one of Beatty's assistants. The lawsuit says the alleged conduct occurred, if at all, a year or more earlier. Now, it goes on to get into some other uh, specifics there. And of course, you can go online and read about the story anytime you want. But when I read this, I listen, <laughs> it's funny to me because Jeff Long, say what you want about the guy, but the relationship that he had with the fans, especially at the University of Arkansas, wasn't the strongest one. It wasn't the greatest one. It wasn't the most fluid one. It was one that ended up being extremely toxic at the end. And one of the biggest reasons, which I find ironic, was because of the the want to have buyouts at the wazoo for coaches, specifically Brett Bielema. You remember the buyout that he had to pay? That, excuse me, the university had to pay when he was fired? And then he also, Jeff Long, negotiated a buyout for himself if he was ever fired. So Arkansas had to pay essentially 12, 13 so million dollars in buyouts to get rid of their football coach and their athletic director. It was a joke. And you hear this story and it's just like I can kind of see it and and the thing is is like I think this happens around the coaching world more so than we even realize I think it happens in a lot of different places but I when I heard this story and I heard about Jeff Long being I'm like okay hold on no there's no way he can do that because why would three million dollars that's just a shot in the pan who cares I mean it's not that bad but if you really start thinking about it, you know, Kansas isn't exactly Arkansas in the football program where they just have boosters right and left that's able to just fork over a bunch of cash. They don't have a Jerry Jones that's laying around. So the fact that now Beatty's having to sue him because they, he felt that they were going after him trying to find causes, trying to find anything they could to avoid paying that buyout, it's a real crappy thing to do. It really is. And... I kind of feel bad for Beatty, assuming that this is true. I hope he gets his $3 million. But I just want to know, to what extent did Jeff Long and the administration go through? How far did they take it? To try to figure out if they could get this guy 
without cause or with cause so that way they wouldn't have to pay him three million dollars were they making up lies were they making up stories were you know this whole dead hooker in a closet thing is obviously uh, an example it's not something that actually happened but at what lengths did they go through to try to get bd fired and bring in less miles <laughs> it sounds like they went through a lot and i kind of hope bd wins this lawsuit if it ends up going to court and they go i'm sure they're going to settle out of court for it but it was really telling to me and it was really surprising to me to hear that that jeff long was involved with it in all honesty it was surprising but again the more you dive into it the more it makes sense so if this ends up being true all i know is that the first thing i'm going to say is that i believe that the bobby petrino motorcycle wreck was an inside job got to throw that out there obviously i'm joking but you get what i'm saying you're going to start questioning everything that jeff long did as an athletic director at every stop he was at and including arkansas because if this comes out as true every decision everything was being should be questioned and it makes you wonder okay so the brett bielma buyout and the massive contract he got after going six and six one year what was really going on there was there some type of back-end behind-the-scenes motive that we didn't know about maybe we didn't hear about why would he go through those links to try to make sure that david Beatty didn't get his money but yet when he was at arkansas he had no problems just signing off buyouts like they were going out of business and making sure that the coaches got paid if they ever left or if they were ever fired i should say if they left they still got they had to pay back a little bit but nowhere near the amount of what it would have been if they were fired so what's it all about I don't know, but I'm going to be monitoring this because, again, if it comes out as true, you may have to go back and start looking at a lot of decisions that Jeff Long made as the University of Arkansas athletic director. And when you start questioning these motives and decisions, it may get kind of ugly and it may make you mad all over again. And it may think make you feel like you were bamboozled and hoodwinked. And that's okay. But either way, I'm going to monitor this story. I'll keep you guys updated. But right now, I'm team David Beatty, and I hope he gets all the money that he has deserved in this lawsuit against Kansas and athletic director Jeff Long. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You know, a little SEC basketball fever going on tonight. I'm sure you all are all excited about it. Some big games, some big matchups, some matchups that could mean everything when it comes to tournament play. You have Vanderbilt, who went 0-18 this year in conference play. (laughs) 0-18 in conference play. They're facing off against Texas A&M, which, by the way, this is actually probably going to be a game of two fired coaches because Billy Kennedy looks like he's not coming back at Texas A&M next year, and Bryce Drew, he has to be fired. You don't go 0-18 in SEC play and keep your job. I don't care who you are. So you're probably going to have a matchup of two fired coaches. And then on the other side, you're going to have two fairly new coaches going after it in the 12-13 and 13 matchup of Georgia and Missouri. Does anybody care? I don't. I feel like this should be one of the cases where in baseball, in the SEC tournament, the bottom two teams, you're not allowed to even show up. You are so sucky, we're not even allowing you to make the trip. 
So stay at home and get better. That's what needs to happen with the SEC basketball tournament. Maybe the bottom, it should be the bottom four. Just give it to where it's a 10-team tournament and tell the bottom four teams, you know what, you guys sucked so bad. Go home, think about what you did, and try to figure out how to get yourselves better because that was the epitome of a disgrace. I'm serious. They need to do something like that. Now, none of these teams are going to win the SEC championship. None of them. Even on the worst of days of any team that's left in the SEC tournament by the end of the day, they have zero chance of getting there. So I don't even know why they're even playing it. Why are they even going? Cut them out. Get them out of there. They don't want the season to continue on. They don't want to play any more games. If they do, they got something wrong with them. They have something mentally wrong with them. Don't worry about the rest of that stuff. Just go in there. Just work on your recruiting. Work on your coaching. Get back in the gym. You don't deserve to make the trip to Nashville. That's all I'm saying. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me at Twitter on Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 